Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Let's talk about your psychology so we can stop talking about it so you can go on and live your life. Right? That's ultimately the point. Let's work through your issues until they're really not your issues anymore. One way to do that is to get clear. We gotta understand, before we start giving advice, we gotta be clear about what psychology even is in the first place. We gotta be clear about what emotions are in the first place. And part of that is realizing that a lot of what people talk about when it comes to uh, psychology, conventional psychology, is wrong. Is completely wrong, or if it's not wrong, like today's topic, I don't think this is wrong, but it's just completely useless. And these are simply facts that you find out about yourself, your personality type, your MBTI. These are facts you find out about yourself. That doesn't matter. The question is, what do you do with these facts? What do they mean? What's the context? And in order to do that, we need to understand what our psychology is. I mean, I, I guess my obituary only said one thing. If it was one sentence, and it was this guy totally debunked MBTI. Not only that, not, not, not just that, but just this guy, Mark, he uh, just showed, maybe he didn't debunk it, but he just showed how lame it was. And that's would be a good life. So MBTI, I know I talked about this before, but we gotta talk about these things because people still get this wrong all the time. MBTI is not real. There's three things wrong with this. So let me go through the three things that are wrong with MBTI, Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, even though I'm a Jungian. Well, not officially a Jungian, but I really like Jung. He's my, my main influence. I don't like MBTI. Wait, that's the, the one idea we've got from Jung, yeah, but we're not using it the way that he said. Go back and read volume six. If you want, there's notes on my website for free. Not notes to keep you, or, or so you don't have to read volume six or any of the other volumes in his collected works, but notes to help you along to maybe make the collected, collected works more uh, digestible. <clears throat> so there are three things wrong with MBTI. I'm gonna go through the three things, and then I'm gonna you know, show, demonstrate what's wrong with uh, demonstrate these three things that are wrong by going through some examples from an MBTI test. So the, the three things. The one thing is that your type is not really your type. And this is something that Jung is quite clear about, that he doesn't just talk about in volume six, but in a bunch of other volumes. Your type is only your adaptation. What you do with your type is you actually take the test, although there's a lot of <laughs> lots of problems with the test, we'll get to it. Well, let's just say you take the test, you got your type, now, your therapy is going to be the integrate, the opposite of that. So if you're ENTP, what's your therapy? It's going to be to integrate ISFJ, to be more introverted as opposed to extroverted. That's not a real distinction. Uh, right? be, start to feel more, be, become more introverted with your feelings. Tune into how you feel if you're extroverted thinking. If you're very intuitive and if you look beyond the surface of things, start paying attention to the surface things. Get good at wine tasting. And if you're very P, uh, you know, very uh, perceptive, it means um, what's a very inductive rather than deductive. That's not a distinction Young made between the uh, P and the J. But be more regimented. You'll follow schedule. That is going to be your path to integration, at least part of the path. I mean, the first thing you got to do, of course, is anamnesis, talk about your life, get really comfortable with it, integrate your emotions, that's, that's the affect regulation, and then you can go on to integrate your opposite, meaning your opposite type. 
So these are just adaptations. This isn't who you are. You don't take the MBTI test and get back and say that you're introverted and go, oh, this is why I don't like to talk to girls. Or this is why I have a difficult time starting a company or making sales call. Oh, look, I'm just introverted. That's my personality. I mean, that, that just seems so sad. I just depressingly sad that grown men in a, uh, I mean, you know, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing if we're going around thinking that? No, you're not introverted. You're shy. You're anxious. You have anxiety that you haven't managed. You have, you have anxiety you don't know how to manage. And it, it's, rather than admit that to yourself, rather than admit that you don't have healthy relationships with your life, when you do have relationships, you hide. When you go home for Thanksgiving, you bend over backwards to make sure your mom doesn't feel any uncomfortable emotion. Rather than admit that, you take this test and say, oh, I'm introverted. That's why I don't like to start a conversation with strangers. No, you don't like to start a conversations with strangers because you're lame, not because of who you are, but because you have this thing called an anxiety issue and you don't even have the guts to admit to yourself. That's what's going on. So that's the first thing. It's an adaptation. Jung is very clear about that. Now, the second thing Jung is not so clear about. Sometimes he falls in favor of one side, or sometimes he, he seems like he implies one thing about, about this topic, but then in the next paragraph, he seems to imply something else. I don't think he was really clear on it. He's just not that great of a philosopher at times. Sometimes he is. But the second thing is it's not zero sum. Right? So we think of your type, like, okay, so, but between thinking and feeling. If you're more feeling, I mean, the way the test is set up, then you're necessarily less thinking. You can't be both high feeling and high thinking. So we think of it like an equalizer knob or, yeah, just equalizer knob. I don't know if that's what it's called. And the more you are of one, the less you are of the other. The more you are intuitive, the less you are sensing. The more you are perceiving, the less you are judging. That's not how it really works. Sometimes Jung implies that's how it works. Sometimes, and I, and I know it, because I underline all of them in volume six, and a bunch a bunch of times he, he, he implies the opposite, that yeah, you can be more feeling, but this doesn't take away from your thinking and vice versa, right? So it's not a, a volume, or it's not an equalizer now, it's more like they came topple, right? And you just can't get too heavy with one. Now you can put a, a bunch of you know little pieces on one side and, and you get, uh, out of balance and that's you know it's unhealthy to be out of balance but that doesn't make you any less uh, any less thinking if you put a lot of pieces on the, the feeling side this isn't zero-sum equalizer knob and I guess the third thing the third point here that I guess I would put in parentheses is these questions on the tests are terrible I'm going to go through a, a four of them from you know each dichotomy supposed dichotomy we're going to go through four of them here, but the the, the questions on this test are, are awful. Um, there, there's just, I, I mean, so there's false dichotomies is what I was just saying in that second point. There's false dichotomies built into the MBTI, and there's false dichotomies even in the freaking questions. And on top of that, they're not asking you about what you do. They're asking you about what you believe about yourself, which is like a, ter a terrible way. I mean, most people just have very little self-awareness and they go around and they just think one thing, they think what they want to think about themselves, not what's really going on, right? We'll call ourselves introverted. That's just who I am. No, you don't, you don't know how to have a conversation with somebody. You don't know how to connect. And you, you wonder why you end up with BPD girl all the time, right? There are these things that you can't admit. So you're not going to take a test, 
Like they, this test about self-awareness relies on your own self-awareness to be accurate. I, I mean, it's like a neutron star density of, of irony, of irony that just cripples this test. Um, you know, look, if you want to know what somebody's interested in, you don't ask them questions about themselves, or you want to know what somebody is, you look at, right, what, what do you do? You look at their, uh, their bank account. Where does your money go? I'll tell you what you're interested in. What all I gotta do is look at your bank statement for the past month, and I'll tell you exactly what you're interested in. Or I'll look at your, uh, I'll look at your website browser, right? It just let let me see the the, past, the last month of a history in your website browser. I'll tell you what you're interested, in, right? And from that, you'll know that I'm into uh, double fisting training porn. Okay. So let's go through four questions here, four questions that I got from the test from each of the four uh, dichotomies. Um, so this one, this isn't a question so much, but you have to judge whether this is an accurate statement about you, an inaccurate statement, or a neutral statement. You really find yourself, you know, th this could be true of you, but it could also be not true of you. It depends on the situation. Spoiler, the correct answer to all these questions, to every question on the MBTI, the correct answer is neutral. <laughs> That's, or it depends. Well, hmm, I don't know, this is sometimes true, so neutral. Okay, so the first question or statement, is this accurate about you, is this inaccurate about you, is this neutral, is I am the life of the party. And of course, this is supposed to tell whether you're extroverted or introverted. So if you think you are the life of the party, then hey, I guess you're more likely to be extroverted. And if you're not the life of the party, well, then you're more like to, likely to be introverted. But I would argue that if you're either never the life of the party or you're always the life of the party, it could be the same psychological issue, anxiety presented in two very different ways. You wanna hide, so you kinda of put yourself in the corner, or you wanna hide in maybe a more subtle way by constantly tracking attention to yourself in the ways that you want, you know, constantly, constantly creating this, this sort of distraction, right? That's what histrionic personality disorder is. You create this drama, you create this distraction, yeah, a distraction from, your psychological issues, um, which of course neither of those is really healthy. If you're always the life of the party, if you're never the life of the party, no. The, the correct answer is well, sometimes I'm the life of the party. You know, it depends who I'm around. Uh, depends on the situation. Uh, you know, gee, it d depends what we're talking about. Um, if, if I, if you know, I'm in, I'm in a conversation with somebody and it shifts to a topic I don't really understand. I'm hopefully not going to like, blabber my mouth about it. I'm going to ask questions. And then I'll, you know, the, the focus of the intention or, or, or the nodes of attention in that party or in that room, it's going to be less on me at that time. But when it maybe does shift to something I know about or somebody is interested in the story of this time I went to Argentina, okay, then I'm going to talk about it. Then you're going to have attention on you and you would be, quote, the life of the party. Maybe these are parties I go to, we just stand around talking. So you, hopefully you can't determine whether you're introverted or extroverted. And there's this whole other presentation on how that's a bogus distinction, of course. The more introverted you are, that of course doesn't take away from any extroverted or whatever kind of extrovertedness you have, right? That these aren't, again, like I said in the zero sum issue, it's not of, of equalizer knob, but this is table. So that's a ridiculous question that if you're healthy and you and you answer this, you go, hmm, it, I think this depends. It depends on a bunch of different things. Yeah, I've been thinking in my past that I've been in the life of the party. I've looked in the past where I've just been more quiet and sitting back and asking questions and, and I wasn't more or less comfortable in either one of those of those situations. 
right? Depends. So let's go to a feeling thinking question. I easily empathize with people. Again, if you're always empathizing with people, this is usually, I mean, this is, would probably be, if you're always going around empathizing with people, this is emotional codependence, most likely. Or if you never empathize, then you're some kind of schizoid and we think, well, these are two different personalities. No, it, it, it may present as two different issues, but again, the result, or, or excuse me, the cause, yeah, the result looks different, but the cause could be exactly the same, hypothetically. That's why I say, yeah, MBTI, it tells you something, but it doesn't tell you anything about who you are. It's just this adaptation. You gotta look deeper. You gotta look to more fundamental issues in psychology, and that's what psychology lacks a lot of. So whether you empathize with people or, or whether you don't, it depends on the situation. And if you go, by the way, there's no way you can empathize with people all the time. Right, so if you answer this is very true of me that you find it easily easy to empathize with people, that shows a lack of awareness because I, I guarantee you there's people out there who you just won't empathize with. You don't see them as having your life or understanding their experience, so you just won't. Now, you just don't look at those people. Or maybe you'll call them bad names. Or you say, oh, that doesn't matter because of these reasons and I, I think less of them inevitably. And so you don't empathize with them, but you may not want to see yourself as doing that. So when you answer this question, you just say, oh yeah, I empathize with people. You know, when my, when, when my friends come over and uh, you know, they have problems with their, their relationship, I, I gladly listen, empathize, and you don't realize that the entire time you're doing this, you're, you're really, this is a distraction. This is a, a way to fill a void in your life, the void of maybe not having a relationship. So you focus on your friends and their issues. Um, Okay, so let's go to an NS question. Um, I, I go more by facts rather than by principles. Actually, that might be a JP, Dojin Perceiving. Okay, so I have this, yeah. Yeah, I, I, okay, so I, real, I realized that when I made these notes now a couple days ago. So, okay, I was supposed to delete that. Okay, so my real NS distinction question is, I trust my hunch rather than past experience. So if you trust your past experience, you are more of a sensing, right? Whatever experience, whatever I would imagine, right? Whatever you experience in, have experienced, that's what matters more, right? Sensing tells you what is. Intuition tells you not what something is, but where it's been and where it's going, to paraphrase Jung. So this is an interesting question. I trust my hunch rather than past experience. Well, guess what? Guess what your hunch is based on? Guess, guess what your intuition is based on? It is based on your past experience, not just your past experience, but your judgment of it. It's a combination of these two things that, of course, the MBTI, by dint of just being chock full of false dichotomies, they don't get. So they ask this ridiculous question, do you, do you uh, trust your hunch rather than your past experience? By the way, I, I was uh, just uh, essentially just taking questions at random. I mean, this is, they're all this bad. Just chock full of these errors. What do you do? You trust your hunch or your past experience? Well, it's both. It really depends on what you define as your hunch and what you define as past experiences. So again, another, another, another awful question that is worded poorly has a false dichotomy in it, but of course the, the, the trait that it's trying to uh, get you to uh, figure out 
is a false dichotomy in itself. Either you trust the, the service level or you look at your intuition as both. And in fact, having a sharply defined ability to look just like at the service, just, you know, but right, like that that uh, great, great quotation, I forget who said it, like people tell you exactly who they are, you just don't want to believe them. Can you both look at the surface? Can you look at what somebody is telling you? And then can you make healthy inferences about that based on past experiences, based on judgments you have about past experience, judgments based on your values, that well-defined values, and you actually talk through this so you're able to refine your intuition. This is a great part. This is something really healthy that you can do in therapy is get to the place where you have a refined intuition so you can begin to trust it because you know where it's coming from. And you can really distinguish between, hmm, is this, is this me avoiding pain or is this me increasing pleasure? The former being unhealthy, the latter being much healthier. And if you trust that intuition, that leads you towards more pleasure, more happiness, more at a positive value, not less of a negative value. Typically, your decisions are going to be a lot healthier. By a lot healthier, I mean all the time healthier. Okay, so that's an NS distinction. Again, chock full of false dichotomies. And then uh, the, the judging, perceiving, which again is more deductive thinking, that's judging where you go from principles to concretes. And then, yeah, that's why the, the question, I go by facts rather than principles, that's a JP question. And well, whereas perceiving is more inductive, you go from concretes and, and then you uh, yeah, induce principles from that. How do you take in the environment? Well, I mean, that, you know, this is what Aristotle, if you go to the freaking Lyceum, he's gonna have you do both. And you're gonna be shuttling back and forth between induction and deduction. Right? That, that's how you, in a sense, strength test your beliefs. You, you had to do both. You can't have one without the other. Thank you, Aristotle, the people who put together. And I don't know the history of the Myers-Briggs type indicator. I mean, probably <laughs> formulated by two people, Myers and Briggs. I, I, obviously, they're influenced by Jung. I don't know the history of this. Pretty janky, though. Pretty janky, clearly. So, I prefer to follow a schedule. Is this accurate about me? Is this inaccurate? Depends. Well, hopefully it depends. If you're always following a schedule or if you never follow a schedule again, this could just be a, a different manifestation of the same neurosis. And yeah, whether you follow a schedule, yeah, hopefully it depends. Well, sometimes it's good to follow a schedule, but also you got to improvise within the schedule and, and you got to understand what you're working on so you're able to do that. And maybe keep your eyes on, on some priority while also being able to integrate something that comes up throughout the day, right? It just... Do you prefer to follow a schedule? I've talked with a lot of people and a lot of people prefer to follow a schedule and it's all they can do because they're riddled with anxiety. Somebody else would, uh, would hate following, people, people hate following schedules because they're riddled with anxiety. It just depends on their relationship with it. And of course, once we manage the anxiety, the insecurity behind both of these, then these two people end up looking pretty much the same. So really, what is this test judging? Is it judging your personality or is it uh, judging something else? And you could say, well, what about laws of averages? I mean, yeah, maybe dot all these questions, they're not really accurate or they're, you know, they're, they're chock full of all these issues. Well, law of averages, it, it evens out after the end of a long test. You have enough test questions. Yeah, that only works when you're, you measure the construct that you think you're measuring or that you know you're measuring. If you're really not measuring the construct, if you're asking somebody about their empathy and what you are ultimately measuring isn't their empathy, it could be that in part, but it could also be 
codependence issues, well, then it doesn't work. Then the law of averages thing doesn't work. So the correct response is, of course, depends for all these. I don't know what type you get after that, but um, look, um, make any kind of political inference you want with this statement, but this is true. Psychology at the beginning of the 20th century didn't talk about personality. It talked about character. Then, I don't know, maybe for whatever reason it started to talk about personality more and we did away with character, but I want to take it back to, yeah, you have a personality, of course, but the personality is malleable. Same thing with your character. Your personality is simply the result of how your character interacts with, to some degree, you, your temperament. Yes, you have a temperament to some degree. That's important to, to think about, but MBTI does not measure that. It just measures how maybe your character interacts with your temperament to create this thing that you call personality, which of course you can go in and change, but only once we understand how emotions work. That's the number one thing. Codependence, anxiety, insecurity, hostility. This is all comes down to how you manage your emotions. So in order to do that, we need to know exactly what emotions are, exactly how they operate. And this lets us know how to talk through them how to structure out a therapy process that's pretty much the same for everybody. If you think a structure is confining, then you're probably not a good thinker. You, you're probably more J or more P, probably more P than you are J, and you have not read enough Aristotle. But that's what we can help you with here is to create a way to go about therapy that is true for everybody because we are all fundamentally the same. Yes, we have different experiences, thank you. But fundamentally, on an emotional level, we are all the same. And maybe part of the healing process is the realization of precisely that. So we do free consultations. Well, there's a bunch of information on my website, amosempire.com. We do free consultations. I remember the MPDI questions. You think that uh, they're measuring your personality when in fact what they measure is your neurosis.